What does it take to be a champion? Retired NBA player Robert Ory will answer this important question and many more. Robert Ory is a seven-time NBA champion who played for the Rockets, Lakers, Spurs, and Suns during his 16-year-long NBA career. In the interview, you will learn more about Robert Ory's experience playing alongside some of the greatest basketball players ever and learn about his journey to becoming a champion. In the interview, we will discuss his time playing with Kobe Bryant, who he won three NBA championships with. You played for some legendary teams throughout your career, such as the Rockets, Lakers, and Spurs. How did the dynamics between the teams differ, and which team do you think was most cohesive? You know, it's weird. Each team um, was different. Um, but if one thing we did have in common, we had a dominant big man, dominant big man, and everybody liked to play defense. So in that sense, we were all similar. But when you win championships and you got a good team that has the opportunity to win, everybody's pretty much the same. They have the right mindset. They have the same mindset. Uh, we know how much we have to go, you know, we know how much we have to do in practice. We know how much we have to do in the games. Everybody kind of has have their role. You know, we have a, the term role model is thrown around so much, but everybody is pretty much a, a, a role player in in this day's game you know your role might be to you know score 30 my role might be to get 15 rebounds so mm -hmm. it's different and that's what every championship team has in common they have that ability to play together not be upset with one another argue with one another and then let it go because nowadays you, these teams that don't win they're missing that one little thing that makes them so good and so cohesive yeah. you know and the thing about that is so many times when you look at teams you're like Oh, this has this player, that player, this player. And they're phenomenal players, but the the players don't fit. And that's why you see teams that have specific players who play a certain area of the floor, a certain role on a, on the team. And that's why these teams usually win championships. It's like when you see people dropping 50 in a game, but they're still losing the game because yeah. they need a team to play with, not just one player. Exactly. And and that's the thing about basketball, you know, they the guys now in this league are so good. You can have a guy that's go fit. They might let you have your 50, but we don't shut everybody else down. You're going to look good, but a 50 piece and a loss, that really don't look bad. That really doesn't look good. Right. Speaking of role players, you're known to be one of the best role players for hitting clutch shots in games, such as game five in the 2005 finals. How do you prepare for those shots, like mentally? And what goes through your mind during those? You know, it. I, I tell people all the time when you when you prepare for basketball, you, you you prepare each and every day, like every every moment is a game situation, and that's how I, I, I approach the game. You know, you see guys who sit who go in the gym, they might shoot two hundred shots. That wasn't for me. I'm going to shoot maybe a hundred shots, but I'm doing everything at game speed. So when it happens in the game, I've already emulated so many times in practice. I know still though it's a little different, but still though you have to do it game speed. So your body and your muscles will be ready for that moment. And for me, I never even thought about taking a last minute shot. You know, every kid does a five, four, three, two, one when you're on the playground. But in a game, you don't think about it. You just take that opportunity when it comes to you. And I think for me, to not think is what helped me become you know, the player I was. Because every time when when you go out on the court and you're thinking too much, you make too many mistakes. So many guys have been playing basketball since they were six, seven years old, you know, becomes a part of them. I tell people all the time, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, equivalent to walking. I said, most people, when they get up and they walk to the bathroom in the morning, they walk wherever they're going to walk, 
they don't go left foot, right foot. They just do it. Yeah. And I know that's Nike's logo, but you've done it so many times in, in practice and in games. You just do it. Yeah. I play golf a little and that to, that exact when I'm hitting bad, I just stop thinking and all of a sudden it's just yeah. good. Yeah, you'd be amazed yeah. at how many guys who hadn't shot a basketball in maybe four or five weeks or whatever it is, go in the gym, they might hit they might go fifteen out of twenty or nineteen out of twenty. Yeah. Because they're not thinking. They're just walking in the gym and shooting. And as soon as they start um, thinking, you know, the muscle memory kind of, you know, yeah. misfires in my mind. Right. Yeah. Well, you played through three different decades. How did playing from, like, the early 90s, uh, early 90s to the 2000s, how did <laughs> how did you adjust to the game? Because it's it changes, like, play style. It, it, it's, I know, it's weird. My body, when I first got in the NBA, was pretty much the body style that it is today. You know, slim, run up and down the court, shoot threes, dunk, and all this kind of stuff. But when I got in the league, even refs were telling me, you got to get bigger, you got to get stronger, yeah. because it's a man's league. And you went through a lot of, you know, I remember my first championship in 94, you look at the, we played the Knicks in the finals. You had Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewan, Charles Smith. All these guys were wearing 265 plus, mm-hmm. you know, and just could move and do all these different things. And the way the game was called, it's a physical game. Yeah, and then you get to, you know, and then it, it immediately ch- started changing after that series. You know, 95 and 2000 is more up and down, shooting three, slashing. Now, not the physicality was kind of taken out of the game. So in that sense, you know, I was a part of that rough and tough decade of the 90s. And then I got into 2000, you know, it kind of changed. It was still a little bit rough, but it, it was, you could see where it was trending towards. Yeah, you could see it like, Everyone knows the '90s was obviously the roughest. It was pretty like yeah. everyone was, there were a lot of fights going on, and mm-hmm. but you could see it gradually. It, it's less rough, but they, they there's more like shooting. It's more like they're think. I think they're thinking differently. Yeah, like yeah. And, and the body style. The body styles are different. Definitely. The things they're allowed to do with the basketball is different. The rules are different. Um, there's no more hand checking. Um, you can't you really touch a player now on the offensive end. So, you know, that's a that's an advantage to the offensive player because offensive players, they they learn how to create these disadvantages for the defense and they're getting so good at it. Mm-hmm. So you've played with a lot of great basketball players such as Hakeem Olajuwon, Kobe, Shaq, and Tim Duncan. How did you learn from these players and how did they change or elevate your game? Um, for me, you know, the one guy I, I really learned from a lot was Dream and Vernon and Otis Thorpe when I got to the Rockets because I was young, just fresh out of college, and I was just trying to learn everything I, I could. And after spending those four years there, I kind of you know cultivated my game and kind of realized what I could and could not do. And then when I got to the Lakers, you know, I was able to play with Shaq and try to pass on some of the knowledge that Dream gave me to Shaq because they were playing the same position. And when I got to the San Antonio Spurs, you know, they were already a, a team that was successful. And I just kind of, you know, adjusted my game to fit in their game. But the one thing I would say when I got to San Antonio, I had to learn how to run the plays exactly how they were called. Because when you play basketball, you read. And when you read certain situations, you react. And in San Antonio, they were so good at running their plays that if you went back door when you weren't supposed to, you messing up the, the, the second, the third, and the fourth options in the play so that was one of the things that was different in Santo compared to other teams it was about a read and react with most teams and just playing basketball but in San Antonio it's more of a system so for me 
the learning process was more my first four years in the league. Not saying I didn't learn anything after that, but the, the way my game kind of was shaped and matured was during that time because after that, every team I ever played with was kind of a was a spinoff of what we did in Houston. Mm-hmm. So everyone knows that Kobe Bryant was one of the best players, and we always hear stories about like his crazy work ethic and mm-hmm. and how much he always practiced. There were also yeah. many that claimed he was a selfish player in that sense. What was your relationship like with him off and on the court? You know, if you look half the time, my game winning shots, they came from Kobe. So I would never say he's a selfish player. He passes the ball to people he believe in. They know who's been in the gym, working hard like he was working hard, dedicating dedicating yourself to your craft because you got a lot of players that, um, hold on, sorry. Sorry, I got a phone call. Sorry Sorry about that. So, but um, you know, you got a lot of players that 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 go out and work hard, but they don't work extra hard, and that was the difference in Kobe. Kobe was that type of guy who worked extra hard. Um, little story about Kobe: we could always mess with him in practice about something he couldn't do, and he would literally get to practice maybe two to three hours before we had practice and be working on what we told him he couldn't do. And we used to just throw crazy stuff out there, right? Like you couldn't shoot the ball left-handed. Uh, you can, you know, shoot threes behind you. He, he he was determined to show you, you know, prove you wrong and that he could do stuff. But he was just you know, a straight, hardworking guy who wanted to be the best and was one of the best. Yeah. So you're one of only two NBA players to have won championships with three different teams, and you've won seven, which is a considerable amount. What do you- <laughs> What do you think sets you apart from other players in that regard? And, uh, I think – go ahead, sorry. And what, do you, what do you think it takes to be a, a successful role player on a championship-level team? I think dedication and hard work and sacrifice. Um, so many good role players sacrifice their game for the better of the team. You know, you can't go out and, and hit 40 in a game and not be a guy who can score. And you got to understand that sometimes you take a back seat. What's more important, your individual accolades or the team accolades? And I think that was what was my mindset from day one, high school, college, and in the pros, the team comes first. Whatever the team needs me to do, I will do. And and that, that's just what a lot of guys don't understand. Oh, my team needs me to you know score points, but your team needs you to rebound. Your team needs you to get steals. You need your team is doing so. Whatever the team needs you to do, you have to do it. You just get put blinders on and say, oh, I think the team needs me to score. Yeah. What does a team? What else does a team? Because every team needs you to do multiple yeah. things, not just score, not just rebound. You know, help the team out as much as possible. Yeah. So you've been out of the NBA for a couple of years now. What's one thing you really <laughs> miss about playing there, and playing in the league? And what's thing you just you don't miss at all? I I don't miss the travel. Um, traveling makes you miss so much of your family's life. You know, but when you have kids and they're playing sports, and they have plays. They have recitals and stuff like that. You're on the road. You can't tell your coach, oh, I'm going to miss um, work because my kid has a game mm-hmm. or recital. You can't do that. And that's the hard part about playing about playing this game. Um, you miss so much of your kid's life. And, and, and But the thing about it is you, you, you gain an extra family. You gain another, you gain another family. Mm-hmm. And I was very fortunate to play on four different teams and three of the teams that won championships on. So we had, I developed some strong relationships, you know, some bonds, some brotherhoods that lasts a lifetime. So that's the one thing I do miss. It's not the games. It's the times on the planes that mm-hmm. we talk in trash. It's the times in the locker room where we talk in trash. And 
we just having a good time. That camaraderie is the thing that I miss the most. Mm-hmm. So you played for some amazing coaches such as Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. What did you learn from those coaches and how did they help you develop as a player or and a person, I guess? I, I think most of all those guys just, you know, they tell you to go out and be the best version of you. You know, go out and, and, and play hard and, and, and don't be afraid to use your voice. Your voice is the most important thing when it comes to playing sports because you got to communicate with your teammates. And that's what was a big thing with all the championship teams I've been on, all the great coaches. You know, communications, they can talk to you or you can talk to them. So it was just a, it was just a wonderful uh, atmosphere in every team I played with that won championships. Got it. So that's it, but I have a bonus question that my uncle wanted me to ask. Okay. <laughs> he said that he wanted me to ask what you thought about him saying your greatest sports achievement was winning beer pong with him in 2012 in London. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That was one of my funnest moments. You know, to be able to travel around the world with Mike and go to different arenas and different venues. It's, it's so much fun, man. I will say that about the NBA. When you're done playing, there's still opportunities to be a part of the NBA family and yeah. meet great people like Mike and just hang out and have a good time and and, and celebrate the NBA and in and, and all different aspects and just you know travel the world and see it on the NBA dime. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. My pleasure, my brother. That's all I need. This interview was conducted by Jack Moss.